0: From Air Candy Podcasts, you're listening to Resurrection Media's Possession.
1: And just like that, she was gone. A college student had been murdered. And then
0: he started crying. Mr. Bubbs began bawling like a baby and he peed himself. That'll teach you to mess with me.
1: Yet, as we dug deeper, we discovered the dead student had a secret. A dark side she was reluctant to reveal. Could the murder have been an act of revenge?
0: That's when Michaela started laughing. She thought it was so funny. It was this high-pitched kind of crazy laughter, you know?
1: Hello, Kay. We found you, Mr. Bug. His real name is Albert McCarthy, and he's dead. An act of revenge from beyond the grave? Hurry, please. He's coming
0: for me, just like he came for Michaela.
1: Who's coming for you?
0: Mr. Bubs. It's Mr. Bubs. Oh, my God. No.
2: No! He's inside! He's in the
1: house! <laughs> it was a mystery spawned from a terrible truth buried deep in one student's past. And now the truth about Mr. Bubbs had been revealed. Was the killer from beyond the grave coming for the dead girl's friends as well? And would any of what we learned save Chris McKenzie from the death penalty? Hi, I'm Vishesh Chatra, and this is Resurrection Media's Possession. This series is a dramatization of certain facts and events. The names have been changed, and some of the events and characters have been fictionalized, modified, or composited for dramatic purposes. And now, here's Jafina Kay with Episode 6, Part 1 of... Remember me.
0: Now that Sherry was out of harm's way, it was time to update Taylor. During our previous interview, I told her Michaela had done something bad to Mr. Bubbs, but at the time, we had no idea of the horrible details. Now, I did. I promised Taylor then I would tell her the truth no matter where it led us. Oh my God, really? Oh my, that, that's horrible. That doesn't sound anything like the Michaela I knew. I was visiting with Taylor on campus and had just told her the horrible details of what Michaela had done. She was visibly shaken. I'm sure it doesn't, but you've only known Michaela for a few months. We have two eyewitnesses who grew up with her. I hear you. I know you're telling the truth. It's just. Hard to believe, that's all. I explained to her about people with darkness in them, hiding in plain sight. And you believe it was this man, Mr. Bubbs, who killed Michaela as an act of revenge and not Chris? Well, not exactly. It was time to tell Taylor our thoughts about possession. I took my time, laying it out slowly and deliberately, first I told her that Mr. Bubs was dead, and that he died on the day of Michaela's murder. Then I told her why the writing on the wall was in Michaela's blood, explaining why Mr. Bubs did it, and why we believe he was the only one who could have done it. Nothing else made sense. I then went on to explain that in my line of work, we see all kinds of possession. A person, a house, a toy. We see temporary possessions and permanent possessions. Possession is more commonplace than people think, but rarely does possession lead to murder. Taylor accepted our explanation about why we thought it had to be possession. And while she wasn't a fan of the paranormal, she agreed, it made sense. It also made sense to us for Chris McKenzie's attorney, Linda Williams, to build a case around possession. At least that's what we thought until we got this phone call.
2: Hello, this is ADA Tara Richardson. We are now in contact with a young man who tells us Chris McKenzie isn't the sweetheart the media has been making him out to be. On the contrary. This witness will testify on the witness stand that Chris has done some pretty questionable things and is very capable of murder. A, to be the bearer of bad news, but that possession angle you and your defense attorneys are pursuing, well, (laughs) it's about to die an ugly death. Just thought you should know.
3: Are you among the thousands enjoying Resurrection Media's possession? You can help us keep making more terrific shows like this one by doing two things. Take a moment to like our podcast and then be sure to leave a review. Likes and reviews go a long way towards helping more fans like you to find our podcast. This simple task ensures that we can continue to tell great stories like the one you're listening to now. So please, take a moment to like our podcast and leave a review. Thank you for your support. And now back to Remember Me.
0: From Air Candy Podcasts, you're listening to Resurrection Media's
1: Possession. Hi, I'm your host, Vishesh Chatra, with our presentation of a story about murder, a debt to be paid, and Possession. Here again is Jaffina Kaye with episode six, act one of Remember Me.
0: The prosecutors in the Michaela Hereford murder case were pulling out all stops. They'd produced a witness who didn't have nice things to say about Chris McKenzie. A witness they were sure would help make their case for murder. It was almost two years after Michaela's murder that Chris McKenzie went on trial. By then, prosecutors had built a powerful case against him, and they knew it. The trial began with the simple premise that Chris McKenzie beat Michaela Hereford to a bloody pulp in her dorm room. And when she looked up at him with pleading eyes, she was lying there on the floor in a huge pool of blood looking up at me in this weird way. But something bad had happened, and and she wanted me to save her. But he didn't save her. He didn't call the police. He didn't call an ambulance. And he didn't administer CPR. Instead, he finished her off with his bare hands. These were the facts as the prosecution would present them. It was hard sitting there and watching them build a case against my friend's boyfriend. I can still hear them talking on the phone at night, laughing, enjoying each other. I remember the day she came and borrowed a few things from me as if it was yesterday. Sitting in the courtroom was like I was having an outer body experience. What did you think of the case they built? I thought it was good. It was convincing. They made it sound as if he did it, and that left alone, he was fully capable of killing again. So, they convinced you he did it? Yes. Even after what you've learned about what Michaela did to Mr. Bubbs and the writing on the wall? Um, I don't know. Honestly, I'm not sure what to believe. Among the prosecution's witnesses was Jake Jordan, a teammate from Chris's Stetson College baseball team. Chris poisoned me so I'd be too sick to play. See? We were both shortstops. I was the starting shortstop until I got sick. Then Chris got my spot. Jordan would testify that he was the first string shortstop in their college baseball team and that Chris was his backup. But just before the beginning of the season, Jordan started feeling faint on the field and having shortness of breath. The campus doctors couldn't find anything wrong with him. But the illness persisted. Affecting his play so much that Chris took over his position As soon as Chris got my spot, my symptoms went away. That's when a friend said Maybe he poisoned you. It was a joke. He wasn't serious But it got
2: me thinking So one day while the team was at practice I got into Chris's locker
0: and bingo. There were several canisters of antifreeze and some Gatorade bottles Chris had poisoned my Gatorade It was a bold accusation, one that stunned the courtroom. Of course, it was all conjecture, but it was now on the record.
2: I I know he didn't set out to kill me, but he could have.
0: This was a point the prosecution wanted to drive home. Chris wasn't trying to kill Michaela either. Then they called an ex-girlfriend of Chris's to the witness stand. Chris was a perfectionist, And when things didn't go his way, he could be really explosive. The girlfriend told of a time she was late meeting Chris after high school baseball practice. She was picking Chris up in her car, but she had a flat tire on the way that made her late. Despite her explanation and apology, she said when Chris got into the car, he started screaming at her and beating up the dashboard. He hit it so many times, he put a dent in it.
1: What annoyed you? She wasn't there to greet me
0: when I got to campus. She was off drinking with some of her pals and I had to wait outside her dorm for nearly an hour. I've been traveling all day. I just want to take a load off. Now the least she could have done was be there to greet me. A statement that seemed rather innocent during Chris's interview with Investigator Jelensky was now being used as an indictment against him. Prosecutors proceeded to lay out the evening of Michaela's death, starting with a volatile Chris, angry that Michaela wasn't at the dorm to greet him. By the time they placed Chris and Michaela back at the dorm, Chris was seething with rage. They took their time going through the horror of the beating that left Michaela unrecognizable. They conveniently left out important elements, like the man with the gravelly voice screaming in the corridor and the writing on the wall. Those weren't mentioned by the prosecution at all. After the damning testimony, they rested their case. Next, it was time for the defense attorneys to take over. Although the evidence showed that Chris beat his girlfriend to death, Chris pleaded not guilty to the charge of second degree murder. Chris pleaded not guilty because Chris had an explanation. It was time to hear Chris's side of the story.
1: Coming up, could anything explain the level of violence committed against Michaela in the dorm room that night? Had prosecutors sufficiently painted Chris as capable of that level of rage? Now it was the defense's turn, and what the courtroom was about to hear would stun us all. After the break.
3: Do you enjoy comedy and horror? I know I do. Coming from Resurrection Media, The Resurrection Podcast, where we combine very funny comedians with very serious horror aficionados. The result is hilarious and horrific, or hilarific. Tune into The Resurrection Podcast, coming soon, wherever you get your podcasts. And now back to Remember Me. From Air Candy Podcasts,
0: you're listening to Resurrection Media's Possession
1: a college student had been murdered and Chris McKenzie was on trial for the gruesome murder the prosecution painted him as a ticking time bomb very capable of murder a man who if he wasn't put away would kill again now it was the defense's turn and they had something unusual up their sleeve here again is Jafina K with the conclusion of Remember Me, Episode 6.
0: Next, it was the defense's turn. Attorney Linda Williams' first line of defense was to discredit the witnesses. She first focused on Chris's college teammate, Jake Jordan. Antifreeze
2: poisoning is a bold accusation did you take this to the school authorities
0: of course yeah i reported it
2: i'm sure that must have led to chris being arrested and expelled right
0: um no it didn't as it turns out chris mckenzie wasn't the first teammate jordan had accused of poisoning him back in high school he'd gotten a teammate thrown off the team with a similar accusation
2: no one believed him. We all called bullshit. Including the campus authorities. That's why they didn't do anything. In fact, instead of doing anything to Chris, they warned Jake to cut the crap or he'd be in deep shit himself.
0: This testimony came from Chris's teammate we'd interviewed earlier, Brad Kingstrom.
2: Chris was a far better shortstop than Jake. That's all there was to it. And Jake was desperate to get his spot
0: back. Next, The defense attacked the credibility of Chris's old high school girlfriend, who accused him of having a violent temper.
2: Isn't the real reason for Chris's anger on the day in question is that you called on your other boyfriend to fix the flat tire? No, I didn't have another boyfriend. What do you kids call that, a side piece? Hadn't Chris caught you with this other boyfriend, this side piece several times? and accused you of sleeping with this other boy on several occasions? Sure, yeah, Chris did accuse me, but I didn't have another boyfriend. He was just being paranoid. Was it just the coincidence that your flat tire occurred in front of your other boyfriend's house? I object. Asked and answered, Your Honor. The witness is being badgered.
0: After that, the defense dropped their bombshell The defense told the judge they wanted the charges against Chris dropped. Why? They said he was under the influence of PTSD when he killed Michaela Hereford. Their belief? Chris was a victim himself. only reason I could've blacked out and done this horrible thing is that I've been the victim of a lot of mental abuse in my life, ever since I was a kid.
1: So, you're a victim too.
0: Yes. The man who called you is the one who should turn himself in.
1: Who's that? My father.
0: Chris told Investigator Jalinski of the high level of mental abuse his father heaped on him. Browbeating. Denying him food when he didn't play well. He told of when he was ten and wanted to join all his friends on the local Sandlot football team. Chris made the team... But then his father went to the coach and told him Chris didn't have time for football. He needed to concentrate on his studies, which was baseball. His sole focus was that I make it to the bigs so he could get rich off of me. I hate him. This story corroborated on the witness stand by Chris's sister and mother was heartbreaking. Attorney Williams then called on a psychiatrist who had interviewed Chris. The psychiatrist said Chris possessed all the PTSD qualities of a man who'd been through a war. I have to admit, I was disappointed Attorney Williams didn't include possession in her defense, but I also must say the defense she presented was compelling. Her coup de grace was to call on Chris to testify on his own behalf. Putting a defendant on the witness stand can be a risky strategy. Most lawyers won't do it. But attorney Williams believed in Chris's innocence and hoped that the jury hearing from this sweet, soft-spoken young man on the witness stand just might sway them. As it turned out, The risk was even greater because of who showed up in the courtroom that day. Albert McCarthy, AKA Mr. Bubbs himself. And what he would say to the jurors would turn the trial of the month into the trial of the century. Mm. They call me Mr. Bubbs. Remember me? (laughs)
1: Did the mysterious Mr. Bubbs possess Chris a second time to address the courtroom? And if he did, would it all be enough to save Chris from the death penalty? More of our paranormal murder mystery on the next Possession.
3: Are you among the thousands enjoying Resurrection Media's possession? you can help us keep making more terrific shows like this one by doing two things. Take a moment to like our podcast and then be sure to leave a review. Likes and reviews go a long way towards helping more fans like you to find our podcast. This simple task ensures that we can continue to tell great stories like the one you're listening to now. So please, take a moment to like our podcast and leave a review. Thank you for your support. And now back to...
1: Remember me. You've been listening to Resurrection Media's Possession, a production of Air Candy Podcast and Resurrection Media. Possession stars me, Vishesh Chatra, and Jafina K. It's produced by Bruce Jones, Eric Van Lo, and S.K. Dane. It's directed by Bruce Jones, with original music by Matt Silverman. Our series is executive produced by Tim Hightower and John Moriarty. Resurrection Media's Possession is a fiction podcast based on true events. For a complete cast list, go to resurrection-media.com.